Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and it looks like from these uh, plans from this de- here Death Star, I have two co-hosts, Ryan. I'm in a black box. Mm-hmm. And Scott. I know one thing, laws are threats by the dominant ethnic group. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll link in the show notes. It's, it's going to be a meme for, for us for a oh, little bit. So funny. Oh, the funniest so thing. Good. Uh, but regardless, hello everyone. How is everyone doing in these quarantine times? My quarantine times are well. Quarantine times? All right. I'm doing all right. I mean, work work is work, and uh, uh, I hope I hope my my uh, my the higher ups listen to reason as opposed to our state government. Yeah, but the, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, but we're here to talk about good things. Mm. Uh, and we all know what our current state of affairs are like. So, Scott, how's your gaming been? Oh, it's been pretty good. Um, had D and D last night, uh, which was fun. Uh, I still have to figure out what I'm going to do with my character. Um, I'm, I'm I'm vacillating between uh, keeping him wizard, but or moving over to sorcerer uh, for my multi-class from a monk. It's weird. There's sorcerer doesn't do as much as wizard does in terms of like what it what it has available. But I like how they work better. Yeah, it, you really got to figure out. We got to nail in the core of the character and like, oh, okay, what do I really want? Prepared casters are a pain in the ass. Yeah, finding that out now as I play two of them, which I didn't think I'd be. Somehow I'm currently in a game where I'm playing like an artificer and a druid. Like, oh man, two prepared casters. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, like. Wizards surprisingly good because they were one of the few ones that if you just have your book, you can do rituals. Like, yeah, almost all the other prepared ones, like you have to prepare it and then you can do it as a ritual. This one's like, no, if you just have it in your book and it's a ritual, you can just do it, which actually is a lot more powerful than I had first thought of. Which mm-hmm. it's, it's a change. Well, I mean, little, it means you can you have more more options available. Too. More options, immediately uh, but available. yeah, no, Vampire was good. I had a really good session on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. was very hands off on my part. I, I pretty much just had to like set the ball in rolling, and and they uh, they they provided all the drama for me. That's that's great. what a good t- that's what a good vampire table is all about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was fun. And uh, acting's been going good. I mean, we're uh, li- dear listeners. Uh, if, uh, this is Thursday, this is going to get released on Thursday, right? Yes, it is. Then today, uh, at 7 PM Eastern standard time, the first episode of acquisitions incorporated is going to go live on the Simulacra studios, Twitch channel. Yes. Yes. Be there. Be square. Be there. Uh, enjoy it. It's pretty glitchy for the first half. It's terms of the video is concerned. Uh, but after the second half, it actually gets a lot better. Yep. Uh, so bear with it. You can still hear everything. Like you can all the role play still comes through. Uh, I've been, I've been tweaking it and editing it and I finally have it in the state that I'm ready to release it on. Uh, mm-hmm. and then it gets markedly better from episode by episode. You will absolutely love this table. I'm in it. I'm involved in a co- mm-hmm. course. A couple of our good friends are in it. It, it's really good. You'll love the dynamic. Um, and I cannot wait to see what people's reaction are to, to later episodes because it, it gets a little time to get going, but once it's there, it's yep. great. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll, I, do, I will definitely be hanging out in the chat. So if you want to talk to me or any of the other players who are going to be there, I don't know who's going to be there, but um, you'll have a chance to talk to us yep. uh, as you watch us role play. Yep. It's going to be great. Um, Ryan, how has your gaming been? Oh, it's fine. Turned into a rhinoceros last night in D anD D, and then was immediately headbutted by an undead minotaur, and immediately 
not a rhinoceros anymore. <laughs> It was it was good. It's a good thing I did that transformation. Otherwise, I would have turned into fucking paste. <laughs> uh, Minotaurs yeah. when they crit hurt a lot. That's all I'm yeah, saying. That, that crit was the crit was serious business. Uh, let's see, gaming. We did uh, coin finders with uh, Mad Mage. Yep, and had a nice time doing that. We took the nice guy option again and didn't, you know, we Murphy won't let us not take the nice guy option. I won't let us not take. I, dude, I just need to do something good, okay? Like <laughs> at all in my life, I have played enough tortury, murdery, evil <laughs> psychopaths in my life, and I just don't want to do that anymore. I you know what? I'm okay with problems. that because because that shines a nice spotlight on my when I bring you all up on like the really dark option. Like, yeah, just and then do we this just guys. put you in a headlock and you do what we want. It's fine, yeah, yeah. and you we'll just keep doing that. Yeah. It's, it's okay. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun for me. I'm <laughs> doing it. Um, let's see. One more. What else? Oh yeah, I'm running Star Wars for you, Jokers tomorrow. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, I've, been doing, I've been reading mm-hmm. cool. uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah, I've been playing the FF Seven remake, which is yummy, yummy. I'm jealous. You should yeah. be. I'm a, I'm when a, does the PS Five come out? Because we're probably just gonna get a PS Five at that. PS Five end of year, I imagine. Uh, I've heard rumor that uh, maybe close to late, late fall, early winter. Yeah, they'd be crazy not to release it during the during this trying time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Nintendo Switch is literally you can't keep them in stock. Yeah. Like if yeah. You're, now that's because I guess they're a portable game console, and people want to you know make their little quarantine blanket forts and just hide in the darkness and play the happy light box. But <laughs> you know. Hey, Maybe. whatever gets you through this, man. Whatever, whatever you have to do. Hey, I'm, I'm, yeah, um, yeah. And I also heard because of, of because of what's going on with COVID and the general plan. Even when they do produce it, they the at least the first gen of this, the first rollout, will be fairly limited in stock. So it, it may be a little bit problematic at the beginning trying to get a, your hands on a, a PS5. We'll yeah. see. Well, it's, I, I'm going to start doing my research and seeing what I need to do to get my hands on it because yep. uh, that's probably going to be the last console I'll ever buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it will, it will do you well do. for probably a very long time. Uh, as for my gaming, uh, pretty much similar to these jokers, I have been doing Dungeons and Dragons. I've been doing Star Wars. I've been doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but recently have dived into Fantasy Flight's uh, uh, Legend of the Five Rings which is also based off the Genesis system, which we'll talk a lot about today. It's really cool because I was a big fan of L5R back in like just as I was going into college. I have a lot of the books, first edition and second edition of books. And I'm really like thinking I may be getting like all of the fifth edition books. It's cool. They're beautiful books. I'm probably going to talk about it or run something at some point with for you guys because it's just really cool and I really like it. So mm. That's that's been sort of a thing that's been distracting me through all of this. Um, and yeah, other than that, most of my gaming's been pretty regular. Um, just bounce around various video games and tabletop games. Um, uh, but let's get into the news. Beep, beep, beep. Anybody got news for us? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, the the King in Yellow RPG finally came out, like did actually it, did released. It? Did I back that? Oh, crap. I don't remember if I did or not. <laughs> I think so. I will look in that. But if that's true, yay, King Yellow. Let's Haster, Haster, Haster. Haster, Haster, Haster. Um, 
my big thing uh, for news is on last Thursday, um, so a week in the past from when the, you're hearing this, when we released this episode, uh, Cubicle 7 finally released the PDF and released pre-orders for the new revision of Wrath and Glory. Ooh. So I've already looked at that PDF. I've already seen most of the changes they've made. Um, Format-wise, just aesthetically, it's a much better book. Um, they've made some interesting rules choices, which I'll probably eventually dig deeper in once I have my physical copy, which will be a little while, but I have already purchased it, so it will be here some point. QL. Overall, it looks good. I'm very happy they finally released it. Everybody's been like chomping at the bat bit. For you can, it has, in fact, come out, and you can actually get the full, like, multi book, full sleeve GM screen set for like 120 bucks if you go through Amazon. Uh, the, King, the King in Yellow. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Came out recently. Yep. Just like Neat. there or two ago. Obviously, COVID's still being impacted because Diamond, uh, which is a major distributor uh, of a lot of entertainment, nerdy entertainment, is basically done a lot of less work and shutting down their warehouses, which has caused a lot of hoo-ha involving people getting products. So can't do much about that, but hopefully there'll be new options in the future. Um, the news, uh, the, oh yeah, yeah, there it is. King Yellow has arrived. Uh, also the, um, Unearth Arcana, um, they have just, uh, Wizards have just released a whole slew of their new revisited uh, Sionic classes and how they want to do Sionics. Very like interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, um, yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's it's really hard to know, like yeah. without really playtesting it, how swingy it is because it's it's swingy. Yeah, it's very <laughs> swingy. It's a very yeah, actually. I, I want to bring this up because I find the mechanic very interesting. I kind of like kick myself that I didn't like think of something like that before. Which is when you use your psionic powers a lot of it requires you to roll a die, like for extra damage or mitigating damage or some other effect. If you roll maximum, the die size will go down. So a D6 goes to a D4. If you roll minimum, your die size will go up towards like a, a set maximum. So a D4 will go back up to a D6, D6 to a D8, and it will cap out at some point. It's a very interesting mechanic of creating this like, Oh, you kind of get a Benny for rolling really low, but you get a you get but you get a, you get but you lose a lot of power if you go max. If you max, max out your D four, if you max out your D four, you're done. Like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. psionic power goes the fuck away. It just like, goes away. Um, and there's a way to get it back, but that's like once per day, per a long rest. I find it very cool. It's it's sort of like you're always gambling with your powers, mm-hmm. which I'm like, which is very intriguing to me, and it's very simple mechanic. Like yeah, I. I'm guessing they did the math on that, like how often that's going to happen to you. Yeah. How often you're truly going to burn out. But because the idea of like being locked out of your entire power set, like after like two rolls in a fight, uh, it's like, oh, we just finished a long rest. First fight, two bad rolls. I'm fucking done, guys. It's it that I think that's exactly why they gave you that special ability. It says once per long rest, you can just instantly you can just refresh yourself back up well i would hope that if they like i don't know as they get further in there are ways to like recenter yourself through like mm-hmm. concentration mm-hmm. or something or like uh, you take a, a short rest as a part of a short rest you can move your die back up one step yeah like you, or you always like have like a little bit other ways to get it back if yeah. you lose it like really suddenly and very stupidly because you know, the die's a bitch yeah, be very, but it can be very powerful because the effects that they have that are that this die is generating and doing for you is very potent. Also, they gave us. I will say they gave they created feats that make it so you don't even need any of that stuff. And yep. if you take a feat 
and take the wild. Okay, I mean, given it, we have to, you have to wait till like level four, eight, four, or a human, or your ovarian human when you're playing with feats. Yeah, because you need to take the wild talent one, which yep. gives you some basic stuff, and then you take another one, which does some gives you more options. Yep. But you basically become as good as any of the classes. What, uh, I'm okay with that because actually, in the like some of the, like the first second edition D D when they brought psionics, it was a thing they just slapped on top of your character. Like it wasn't like oh you have a different set of rules. It was just extra rules on top of your all, all the stuff you could do as a normal D D character. So that sort of harkens back without being like completely busted because it's just a whole other class. Right. I just like the idea of some like classes that they have it and they taking those feats would be beneficial to them. I, yeah. They should have way like that would be a way for it. Like, Hey, if you're already a psionic guy and you take this feat, that's another time you can like reset yourself or something like that. Well, it definitely expands your abilities. Like you can get telepathy. If uh, you telekinesis telepathy. is funny because it's all always on mage hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, which I guess it's like, yeah, I guess that is kind of telekinesis. The, yeah. the wild town's really good. Oh, are you not, are you proficient in this? Give you add your die to the, your. Oh my god! Rules. I know, like the wild talent is just like, well, why wouldn't I take that? That's yeah, fucking amazing. I, I think some of them may be a little bit too powerful, but I think they overall, yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to say. The feats are way too powerful. Yeah, yeah, but regardless, it's very interesting. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in this new psionic stuff. I think they're getting really, really close to nailing it down, which means there's a lot of a lot of people are thinking that this is a spell jammer, dark maybe just dark sun. It is it's dark, dark sun, sun. like someone somewhere found something and like yeah it's just dark sun guys yeah we're doing dark sun because they're just putting too much content that just smells of that there i will say this is a step in the right direction though from what they were doing because Mm -hmm. the fucking first round of signs were just like oh it's just a reskin of your side of your wizard class like this is fucking garbage get this shit out of here yeah that's the only thing they haven't done is like they haven't nailed down the feeling like a true scientist is like yeah like like a thing either needs to be its own class or they really need to do hard work on how to how to integrate wizards and sorcerers into that well i I, they 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 knocked it out of the way i will do the last thing i'll say on until we before we move on they not they got it out of the way real quick it's like yeah psionics is magic magic is psionics psionics produces magical effects yep and that's Yes, there's no psionic resistance or any of that yeah, we, shit. We actually got a lot of like lore and sort of like back room, like the curtain got pulled back on like their design philosophy on a lot of this in mm-hmm. the Unearth Arcana, which I appreciate. I like yeah, hearing well, more about that. I like that they talked about it's like we wanted to pick one unifying theme, <laughs> one thread to tie them all together because they were all very disjointed palette swaps. And that was obviously not, no one liked that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, no motherfuckers we want a mechanic we yeah. want psionics to have mechanics behind it because it makes them feel different and feeling different makes them different which means it makes you feel unique which is what you want when typically you play a D game but if you want to get like boil it down to like a D game you want to also, feel unique if you put that 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 die mechanic gives them lots of things to hang greebles off of you know yeah. like you can just hang lots of shit off of that yep. and do all sorts of weird shit with yeah it. i'm super happy about it i think it's a great mechanic i think we get it but now um, it's time to, to jump to hyperspace, Matt, I think. I was going to say, Chewy, hit it. Hey, guys, Wookiees have opera. I mean, why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, sure, come on now. Um, so we're talking about Fantasy Flight Star Wars because, uh, dear listeners, patrons, 
uh, what has dropped in your feed is our session zero of our Star Wars actual play, which is great. And then the next episode will actually be our first episode and everyone will be able to hear this. <laughs> I'm going to address something real quick yeah. because more than one person who has heard it is like, you sound mad, Ryan. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, guys, guys, that's just what I'm like when I'm trying to keep a handle on a situation where I am completely out of my depth, very nervous <laughs> and still trying to be kind of funny. Like, so if it sounds like I'm angry all the time, it's actually, I'm just kind of nervous and very excited. Yes. So you're just trying to get a, get, keep a handle on it because you mm -hmm. want it, want it to be good for everyone. I want yeah. everyone to, I want everyone to have a nice time. I mean, that, that, that's how it comes across in the room. Uh, it doesn't come across. I, at least I don't pick up angry. I, well, I, I have a lot of empathy for you, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. No, he's, he's riding this lightning as hard as he can. Yep. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's also, make it easy on him. Star Wars is so big in terms of like the, like how the universe functions mm -hmm. that it's like, uh, I have to, I'm keeping a lot of shit in my head at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, nothing. You have nothing but sympathy for us, and we're your players. We love you, man. We're having a great time. There's nothing bad about the game. And after like like a couple, like second or third session, you started getting into it, and there wasn't a problem. It's not a problem at all. Yeah, I got. I, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't want like you know one of what you know some more of our like sensitive listeners who are you know very empathic. Yeah, they don't want to hear me me being a shithead for like three hours before it gets good without context. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's good stuff. You guys will enjoy it. You'll love our characters. We have a good dynamic I, at the table. Oh my God. Oh my God. Linda's yeah. character is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's going to come up. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, are going to talk about, obviously the fantasy flight star Wars game. You all are going to be able to listen to it real shortly. If you're a patron, you'll be able to get all the other episodes after the first one. So please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron so you can listen to more Star Wars. Because Ryan's going to run this for a while. He's got some story ideas in his head. So well, it's going to be a thing. literally infinite Star Wars. Like, you can literally infinitely iterate upon Star Wars. Like, there's no end to theme. Uh, there's a million tiny problems. Yep. This, is, the, this game is taking place, for, for, for you, dear listeners, I will let you know it is taking place about... The game starts at about the halfway mark of uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Seven. In terms of Nothing what is resolved. Nothing is ever finished. It always goes on forever. <laughs> there, there's no such thing as a happy ending. There's just stopping points, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, the galaxy keeps moving forward. It, it, it's the galaxy. It's huge. It's been, it's, dude, it's been trucking this way for 30,000 years. Yeah. One, one fucking despotic regime of Force users. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's Tuesday and from a galactic scale. On a galactic scale, we've done this. We've done this dance a few times. Yes. So uh, so the Fantasy Flight uh, uh, system, which is actually kind of the birth of the Genesis system, which we've talked about a lot because when we got into Star Wars, we started looking at it and I went, oh, this is a really interesting die mechanic because the first thing that you see when you start playing the Star Wars system is it has proprietary dice, which means they use D6s, D12s, and D8s in a unique way so that the difficulty is rolled when you roll anything to do anything, it's rolled with it. So it isn't like, oh, you need X number of successes. It's actually, you don't know if you'll succeed on any given roll. You could completely fail it. Yeah, there's like always right inherent the risk in rolling your dice. Yeah, and because of the proprietary dice and how the, the probabilities work out, it's a very 
uh, tense situation when you are at the play, when we're at the game playing, uh, the table playing. And I, I think that what really drew me in is mechanically. And then you just slapped like the aesthetic of Star Wars around it. And it really does kind of feel like a Star Wars episode if you if you pace it out right. So the way the way it generally comes down is the, as Matt said, the standard polyhedron dice. You know, you're used to D8 being the base die. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the green ones, which are your skill, basically your attribute. Mm-hmm. Then there's yellow D12s, which are your skill ranks, and you that's considered upgrading them. So, so it, there, there's a lot of upgrading, downgrading. Mm-hmm. So you know. A, a yellow uh, a D8 will be upgraded to a D D12, or a D12 will be downgraded back to a D8. And uh, <laughs> green and yellow dice are for you. Purple and red dice are your difficulty. You de- there are no roll offs. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you are trying to coerce someone, for example, you are rolling your coercion skill with their discipline skill as a difficulty. So, say they have ranks in their skill you would take their die pool except with the bad dice and roll it with yours. And there's a, now the interesting thing about the system is you can succeed with, with problems. You, you can fail forward or succeed backwards yes. a little bit. Yep. Like the, the, the success and failures cancel out on the die, but there's a second tier of thing called advantage and threat, which are a second pool of things that can cancel each other out. And they are resolved completely separately from, you know, how the main crux of the role went. So if you, say, fail with two advantage, you can still affect the scene in some way. Yeah, some minor way. Right. You can give someone a boost. You can do something for someone. Or if you succeed but you had threat, uh, the, the person you're rolling against, the target of your role, gets to decide how to spend that threat. And threat can be spent in, like, a billion different ways least of which is to just like stress you out which because you have a wound and a stress track uh, strain yep strain comes back way way faster than wounds does uh the strain economy is a is is like i don't know it's it's, it's swingy as hell it is, it's is most of the game like that's just how that works yeah the strain economy is most of the is the core mechanic really when you get down to it because it can you're doing great you're doing great you're doing it and very suddenly you're one roll away from passing out from strain yep because you just had a couple bad rolls yep uh, even though you've been succeeding or you know it doesn't matter you've rolled enough threat and they just decided to strain the shit out of you yep and and so to this this these dice rolling and how it works creates this environment the things constantly are sort of very chaotic and not in, not in a bad way not like an uncontrollable way it just keeps the players and the gm as ryan will probably attest very much on your toes of like okay this is how i need to interpret this role to make it make sense in the context of what's going on yeah. because you can fail at something like oh i wanted to do this really cool thing well you you, you didn't but you got a whole bunch of advantage all right, you set it up to where if you try it again later or if she tries, the next person that goes tries, they're going to be much more capable of doing it. As a sort of like, as a sort of secret to the system sort of thing you see if you look at a lot of how their adventures are put together and there's a ton of those. Um, failure on a roll to progress the story just means that you take some strain and the next roll you have like a boost die because mm. you, they always attempt to, you're never like lo- supposed to be locked out of progressing things it's the 
oh, this fucking locked door in the dungeon problem. Hmm. Like, well, no one can make this, you know, thieves tools check. So I guess we just sit here forever. I don't, I don't know. Did we go <laughs> home? <laughs> so, but the the intended purpose would be in this case to you punish them a little bit for failing the role. Something little happens, and then they can make the role again. Uh, one of the more interesting things situation. Right. One of the first sort of like major roles that we had to do. We were trying to cut through this bulkhead. And I was like, well, we'll make a roll. And we all made a roll. And he was like, if you succeeded on the roll, you take this much strain. If you failed, you take even more. And I was like, but we succeeded. Why did I take strain? He's like, it's still really hot and terrible out here. It still takes effort and work. You're literally, this over with. Jakku attempting <laughs> to cut open a bulkhead with a laser cutter in the daytime. <laughs> That's why you took strain. And that's and that's cool because, uh, as he said, there's a wound economy and there's a strain economy. And the strain economy is not just, oh, this is how much stress I can take. It's also used to fuel your abilities. So if you've got a racial ability or a special talent or something that says, spend X number of strain, do this thing, you have to be mindful of that because you're going to, you if you get a couple bad rolls, after you spend that, you can go unconscious and... You, you have to be dealt with. It's a bad time. Yeah. I mean, uh, so a little bit more advanced topics. The course of the way the flow of combat works is every uh, participant or enemy group, depending on how you're doing it, uh, rolls their initiative, which is going to be the better of two stats, depending on this. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's what's called the simple roll. No challenge dice involved. Yeah. No bad dice. You, you just, just count successes out. and advantage and all that stuff. And it's just... Much like Aeon, there's a lot of Aeon. Like when I saw the Aeon system for this, it's like, ah, the juice, I see it. Um, they, uh, it's like, okay, we have PC turns and NPC turns based on their, their total role. Whoever wants to go in whatever order, they can do it. It's, yeah, basically each side gets to dictate based on when their turn props up, who gets to go. You're not locked. No one person's locked into specific sl- it's, place. It's, in it's the order. not meant to be a grognardy, you know. Nope this many feet will get you where you want to go thing. They use the same range band system that Aeon uses. So, you know, it takes X amount of effort to transition from close to engaged or, you know, short to engaged and short to medium range yeah, bands. And, and to long, like stream to short and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and the final advanced concept there is just, it's kind of their version of maneuver. Like it's another version of the strain economy thing, but in every, any given turn, a player can take an action, uh, take them, perform a maneuver, take any number of incidental actions, and if they wish, they can take two strains to take an additional maneuver. Now, you, And you can never take more than two maneuvers on your turn, like right. no matter what access you have to whatever, because otherwise it gets fucking insane. Uh, unless there's like one special ability, because um, uh, we'll get into this in a little bit, is there are, there are extreme special abilities that will let you break fundamental rules of the game, but those yeah. are few, very few and far between. Yeah, the phrase "take a maneuver as an incidental" is yeah. is the phrase you're looking for, and <laughs> that just means we're using one action as a different type of action, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, um, but only that ability lets you do so. Yeah, and and so uh, uh, so one of the the core. So we've gone over a little bit of like the base mechanic because it is a very unique mechanic. That's this is something you're just going to have to if you're looking at the game and you're trying to look at the dice and everything, and it can get kind of overwhelming because it's very different than a lot of stock standard role playing games. Yeah, because also each of the skills, the way they execute is they have a scale for like what success, what extra success does sometimes, and they yep. also have a scale for what advantage and threat do sometimes. Yeah. So um, every skill is like this weird set of sliders 
Yeah, and then there's also uh, they have Triumph and Despair, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the, the the additional X factor of just something really good or something really bad happens. Yep, yep. It, it's it is narrative carte blanche depending on what got rolled, and they don't cancel each other out. Nope. You can have a triumph and a despair in the same role. I've seen it. It's like, okay, well, let's all just take us a, a couple seconds to start, you know, deciding what just happened. Um, as an anecdote, uh, later episode, you guys will start hearing us and you can almost hear the facial expressions. We're like, haha, we rolled a, like someone rolled a despair or someone rolled a triumph. And we're like, oh, this is going to be so good. This is just going to be mwah, excellent. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so i you know I, it the triumph and despair are actually kind of the most difficult things to adjudicate in this system because yeah. you have to decide especially when someone roll because because these are always possible right like these are always on if someone's rolling anything where they have proficiency like these things can come up and you have to decide how to adjudicate what does a triumph mean on a what is otherwise an almost unimportant role. Yeah. Like, oh, good, you got to triumph on a role that doesn't fucking matter. I'm glad I have to think about that now. <laughs> so, this system, as well by extension, the Genesis system, does a very good job of trying to incorporate lots of variety of skills because that's how you interact with everything is skills. Like you have attributes, which are sort of your base pool, but skills is really what tells you like the minutia of what you really can do and how good you're at doing it. But they'll have things of not just combat, but also like a lot of, lot of variety of social skills and a lot of variety of knowledge skills. Like yes. there's at least five or six base knowledge skills and they're all useful. That's one thing that the Star Wars system, this one does really well, is they explain in detail in almost every skill and other parts of the system of how skills can interact with these systems and help you in any given situation. And even talents go off that too. If you have certain talent and you roll a certain skill, you can start using those like successes for totally other things you normally wouldn't be able to do so oh yeah that's that's the next part right that's right. the um career yes, so yeah, yeah yeah career careers are the overarching like general descriptor of what your guy does you have your career and then your specialization your and your career you have two types of skills it's basically skill proficiency in this case it's career and non-career Yep. Non-career skills just cost a little bit more to raise. You basically pay a 5 XP premium anytime you raise any of them. That's yep. that's all there is to it there. And you get some free ranks in your career skills, and then you choose a specialization. As of now, each career has like six. Uh, they all started with three, but there's 10 billion extra books. Yes. Uh, so they have about six, and you get like two or three, depending on what type it is in that. And from there, you get a talent. From your specialization, you get a talent tree which goes in the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 layers and have these little grid lines connecting, meaning that you can just move along the grid in this way. Yep. And talents is what, when you start getting down to like the really weird stuff you can do. Yeah. The, the more very potent, broader stuff that you can do. Right. Like also if you ever want to like, interestingly enough, you can never raise your base attributes called characteristics in this system, like strength, brawn, agility, and so on. The only way to ever raise one of those values beyond character creation is to, one, get a cybernetic implant that lets you do that because they, that is 100% a thing you can do, and get the dedication talent at the end of most talent trees that give you a plus one. Yep. But that's after about 130 experience, I think, on average. Yep. Happy Path is about 110 to 130 for most specializations. 
and you get about 10, 15, 20, 10, between 10 and 20 a session. Yeah. So that uh, it does take a while. So yeah. um, it, it, it's, but, it's definitely a, it's definitely a system that requires a little bit of forethought as far as where you're going, but the talents are very useful. They're basically special abilities. They, they will tell you, and what's cool is you can easily have a little printout, a one sheet printout that basically gives you the summary of what the ability does. Yeah, and actually as a, as a point for you guys, always go look at the actual rules text. <laughs> like the, the text in the box is the shorthand version, but sometimes in another chapter completely under the talent section, they have the full write-up of the talent. And yep. sometimes it does more than that. Or, or there's a restriction you weren't thinking about. Like, yeah, it's like oh, it's it doesn't work the way you exactly think it's, you think it works. So that's my one gripe with it is that they kind of like, like have this whole beautiful like laid out thing, but it's like, yeah, but you got to go over here to read the rest of the whole talent. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little bit difficult to figure out what you can do. Um, like, it, 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 you got it is it is kind of all over the place in terms of where you got to find stuff. Uh, that's that's a thing that I've been running into while oh, playing it. The book layouts are uh, atrocious, like mm-hmm. because they basically there are three core rule books, like three versions of the core rules. I think somewhere out there there is literally a fantasy flight Star Wars core rule book i think that exists somewhere i think i've seen it but i've only seen in my life edge of the M- like in real life edge of the empire age of rebellion and force of destiny uh, you may be are, thinking of like the original star wars fantasy flight i am book? not okay <laughs> believe me i am well apprised of every iteration of tabletop star wars that exists uh, i played in a 3.5 one for five and a half years uh i played a galaxy like legends edition which is the 4.0 version I've done it a lot. Hence why <laughs> but, Ryan is running this game for us. Yeah, it's really unfortunate for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, spent so much time. Yep. But uh, yeah, so they, but a lot of them are like the same shit printed over and over again yeah. because it's like Age of, just because it's in Age of Rebellion doesn't mean that like Scott has an ability called Quick Strike, which is basically to say you get, oh, and there's these two other little types of dies, boost die and setback die. Boost die is just, a, a d6 with some nice symbols on them and setback dies are another d6 with some not nice symbols on them yeah, yeah, and the, they're the very cl- low probabilities the, the common phrase i keep hearing while actual plays is like you want only good symbols you know bad symbols mm-hmm. only good symbols you want no, no bad only good yeah um, <laughs> but yeah so scott will get like an ability like a set like a boost die if he shoots someone before they act yep like they literally gave the hun shot first it's part of his smuggler package yep you get the Han shot first bonus, but that ability is in like every single book, like all the cl- every career across multiple books gets that. So they're reprinting that every time. The yeah. same for the skills. Like there's lots of reprints of stuff. Uh, and that's actually one of the biggest things. A, what, one positive thing. You'll never hurt for the number of books. If you just like books and like reading all the stuff that these people oh. are creating, so you have you literally couldn't read it all. It's, it's Library of Congress. The bad thing is there is, like he said, at least the core books. There's a lot of reprinting because they have gone through all the major eras. They've done the. It's literally like each book. Okay, so really the way it's laid out is all three books are meant to be run during the Empire, like during the time of the Galactic Empire. They they base most of that because that's what people are familiar with for the most mm-hmm. part, and most of the stories revolve around that. Uh, so. Force and Destiny, if you're one of these poor sons of bitches who's, you know, just trying to 
hide and live because of course there's lots of you. There's lots of force users everywhere. They just, you know, they have a hard time. Then at Edge of the Empire, if you're, you know, doing the Outer Rim, criminal organizations, Nalhada, Narshada, you know, for some reason you went to Tatooine. I don't know why. You're doing the Han Solo thing. You play Han Solo? Okay, there you go. And then if you want to be like, you know, damning the man, you do the Age of Rebellion. Right. And each, uh, each book like focuses and has talents and careers that are focused on those types of things. Um, so there is a lot of variety in the careers and specializations between all the books. However, a lot of the rules do get regurgitated and remixed in each of the careers and stuff. So you're going to see a lot of duplication over that. I kind of wish they just had like the core book and yeah. then they had the variations I on it. Oh, like the whole the whole thing, like different. Because the one thing that changes from book to book, and that's the re, the main impetus behind that, is kind of the what's to say the meta mechanic of the morality system. Yes, almost of the because mm-hmm. even Edge of the Empire and Edge and and you know Rebellion have duty and obligation, like, and then there's morality and and Force and Destiny, and all of these are sort of meta mechanics to to rate how how the universe deals with you. Yeah, how how clocked in on the character, the narrative of the game are you sort of a part of? For so, Force Destiny, you have morality, so this helps you determine light side, dark side. Yeah, and I honestly just did away with that and went with <laughs> obligation because it's the easiest one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the most general, like, okay, you all obviously have backgrounds. It's represented by a number, and if I roll this die in a certain in a certain bracket... Your background becomes a problem for you today. And that's, <laughs> I already did the role for next game. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it, yeah. So the meta mechanic sort of helps helps the GM gauge what's going on. Also, it gives them a tool to go. Oh, I really need to hook the players into this thing or complicate the current plot line. Yep. In a random way to just make spice it up. Essentially, you can do that, and so, that's oh, what shit, obligation. Really, or, oh shit! I really need to punt. Whose fault is it? And yeah. Then, <laughs> Um, duty uh, for the Age of Rebellion is kind of neat because it's it's similar, but it also is like your rank within the Rebellion. It's like, oh, do you need extra equipment for this mission you're going on? What is your duty at? Okay, you can request this stuff. Yeah, because if you want to you... do like the rah-rah space marine shit, yeah. like Age of Rebellion is the, the way to do it because you can easily just be like, be a, Repu- be a Rebellion commando with yep. your crack squad, you know, shooting stormtroopers. If you wanted that game, which this game supports the shit out of that, uh, it's also, but I will say this game, super lethal. Uh, the, yeah. mm-hmm. If, if the rules as written say, no, you don't die unless you say you die. Um, which I appreciate that they just put that in there. It's like, you don't die unless you choose to die. Yeah. Well, it, it's a little, it's a little more granular than that. There is a bit of that because when, if your wounds ever go to zero, you're just unconscious. You're just, you're not, but you're not going to, uh, unless somebody actively tries to kill you, you're not going to die. However, if you get a crit that's of high enough value, you can straight up die. Um, if you take that way too, like, what that requires like an insanely high. Yeah, like the you have to roll really, work. really badly, and you've had to probably add already a couple of crits on you already. Yeah, because they stack. A lot of hanging thing on you called critical injuries. Yep. Um, uh, there's lots of ways to get them. A triumph will immediately activate a critical if you want it to. Um, you can spend a certain number of advantage on different guns, depending on how lethal the weapon is to activate a critical. And basically a critical injury is roll a D roll some percentile dice 
and put a little check mark in your critical injuries. You take whatever the percentile die leaves you with. And now whenever you, if that happens to you again, you roll plus 10 for every little tick mark you have on critical injuries and it gets worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. And it can lead be as little as you got your bell rung real bad. So you have like a setback die or two next turn to you lose a limb. Yep. Or you die. Yeah. The higher end ones, like the 140s, is like yeah. you die, you're dead, you you have straight up just been killed, which sucks. It it does it it, it can be very lethal. Um, however, you are her- heroes, and the the system is fairly heroic because they do another more mechanic is called the destiny pool, um, because they have a special D12 uh, in the set, which are basically for uh, destiny points or the destiny die, and at the beginning of each session you roll and how many pips you get off this determines how many destiny points are on the table for the player and the GM. And there's light side and dark side. If it's light side, the G the players can use it to upgrade their rules and do a few other effects. Maybe they may have a special ability that needs to use destiny points and they can use that, but then they flip it over the dark side. The reverse is true for the GM. If it's dark side, he can use it to make things harder or more complicated for the players in return. There are times when, you know, you will probably hear us, like just say fuck it it's it's we're ro- we're rolling we're rolling dirty every time yep. upgrade them both every time yeah there's it's it's it, there's a lot of push it's a push pull mechanic between the jam to spice things up because if you've got light and dark available for the for each uh for the gm and the players you can both do it at the same time which means and they don't cancel each other out so i upgraded my skill but i also upgraded my difficulty which made and- it that much more dangerous for yep, me to now, do this. Now despair is a possibility. Right. Because, you know, only the D12s have disp- have the triumph and despair and stuff on there. Although, And the probabilities on things getting worse, like the, the good symbols or the bad symbols, the probabilities change drastically on a D12. Right. Yeah, and so it creates this nice, like, dram- uh, dynamic tension in the group. It's also a resource everyone needs to pay attention to so that we know if, can we do this? And especially as you'll hear, is for Force users, it becomes very important later down the road because some Force powers require Destiny points or the, the Force die, the Destiny die, is how you fuel the, your Force powers because yep. obviously it wouldn't be Star Wars without Force powers, right, guys? Yep. Yep. And I'd be curious to see the probability curves on this system. Uh, you can. You can look them up. They've, they've uh, got the, them. They, someone did, uh, on, the, on the cheat sheet that I shared in the thing, at the very top, one of the first things that I believe is the die breakdown for the different probabilities of each symbol. Because you can cool. use normal D6s, D12s, and D8s if you know the numbers and what they relate to. If you don't have the special dice, the proprietary dice, you don't need them. You can you can convert normal dice to do this. But what a pain in the ass. It's a little yeah. bit more pain in the ass. but What an absolute pain in the ass. I mean, at that point, yeah, buy the dice or use a dice roller app. Just yeah. use the dice roller app or spend $12. You, yeah, you, you there's, some, there's a really good, I'll put in the link in the show notes, there's a really good online dice roller that someone made that we're using right now because of the quarantine times. And, and also, uh, there's a good character generator. Well, it's I, I call, I say good, it's okay. He put an amazing amount of work into it. It's called Og Dude. It's from yeah. uh, Star Wars Legends. Um, there's no, like, he did what he could without getting sued is what yeah. I can say about that. He did everything he could without getting sued. And that's great. It's a huge, and I'll again, put a link in the show notes because it's a huge resource that we're using to catalog. Cause there's a lot of content, a stupid amount of content in this game. Cause it's been out since 2013 and they've been just shelling out books, it's just, just books obscene. all the time. It's obscene. Like 
And I wouldn't call say that there's a power creep issue per se outside of the force abilities. I mean, but force powers are always supposed to be a little more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the there may be some discrepancies between the various book the the big books the main books the Age of Empire Force and Destiny uh, Edge of the Empire um, Age of Rebellion sorry um, yeah I know right yeah there's also and as we were getting into force powers they are a lot like talents if you have a force point if you're force sensitive which there's a couple ways to become either you're playing something out of uh, Force and Destiny which automatically gives you a for, uh, force rating and or, I, okay I have to I have to stay do a gripe real quick all right go ahead there is literally no way in this entire motherfucking system to just say i am a guy who was trained by a formal jedi and that's it like i like there's no career for that that i am someone's padawan learner uh, that's uh, called the padawan survivor yeah but like that's there's a lot of implication in the Padawan Survivor that you're a person who escaped Order sixty six. It's yeah. literally written that this is a person who escaped Order sixty six. It's not like, hey, you know those fucktards that you know it, Luke was training out in the desert before you know Ben went all kill happy. What career do those guys have? They don't have that. Like, there's no way to just get have a career that also gives you a force rating. You have to choose like one of their like you know, the force and destiny careers, which is like seeker guardian consular. It's like mm. telling me that someone, you know, wherever they were doing that train is like, all right, little Jimmy, you're going to be a guardian. It's like, no, there's a sort of a, <laughs> a generalist, like yeah. you're a force person who's being trained how to use your be- Because shit. how this, how the system works is if you've got a career, you've got a specialization, unless you're out of the force and destiny book, you don't have a force rating off the bat. You have to purchase another, specialization which you can you can actually that's one of the cool thing about the system is you can buy a whole bunch of other basically talent trees if you want so your character can, can be very diverse yeah the issue is there is you just can't buy a force rating you would have to buy a talent tree that gives you a force rating to have a force rating and then that has some sort of narrative implications in oh, yeah. that the closest you're going to get is padawan survivor yeah basically yeah and there's like, if you want to do the, the the Luke Skywalker, there's something called Force Emergent, which is basically, you've got, you've started woken to the Force. Congratulations. And Exile is more like, oh, are you a Force Awakened person? But you've sort of had some training, but it was not Jedi related. It was just yeah. something out there. So, you know, we, you make your you make your ideological shifts and you just pick one of the things from the force and destiny book because yeah. it's way fucking easier than coming up with something on your own. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had power, to do this recently. Yeah. So once you have a force rating, you can have, you basically force powers have a force rating prerequisite. So if it's says force rating one, if you have a force rating of one, you can start purchasing this talent, basically this power talent tree and it gives you the base power and then a whole bunch of upgrades. And then eventual, most of them have mastery, which basically yeah, means, and- you fuel your powers by rolling a number up to a number of force die, like those, you know, D12s equal to your force rating. Um, if you're a light side Jedi, using dark side points fucks you up a little bit. If you're yep. a dark side Jedi, using light side points fucks you up a little bit. Yep. And sometimes, very rare, and it's actually pretty rare, the, you can only spend those points certain ways for certain things. For example, in the influence power, you can't use dark side points to make people happy. It's right. not a thing you can do. Yeah, the, the in, and the inverse is true where you have to, you, know, you, you, can't, you can't spend dark side points. You, you can't spend light side points to like give someone a bad time. Um, and, you know, we had to come up with some, I don't particularly like how 
utterly restrictive it is that you have had to have like I don't know. You have a force rating, but you haven't bought any talent, so your force powers do nothing. Uh, your force die does can do nothing. Yep. So we do have rules. Like I have house ruled ways to raw use the force to high with higher, much higher strain costs and much more dangerous effects if you're like bad at it. Mm. <laughs> and also, there's a morality thing that you take based on the morality system in Force of Destiny, but we're not doing morality. And I can't very well say the universe thinks you owe it money because you use dark side points. Uh, so I just up the strain cost, you know, yeah, yeah. to using the bad, the bad pips. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. And it's just something I've been thinking about. Is it light side or dark side to make a bad person person feel guilty about what they've done? <sighs> I don't, why do you got to do, do this, man? That's a really interesting question, actually, because the force is stupid. Like yeah. you have well, to treat it like the most dumb Judeo-Christian version <laughs> of evil. Well, it's 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 also like the guilt is like what I would ask: what type of guilt are you making them afraid? Like, are they are they sorrow for for what they've done? Or are they like more repentant and they, they, they are feeling like they need to move past it? I would say if you're sitting there like dressing someone down for being a genuinely awful person, there is actually nothing dark side about that because light side Jedi do that shit literally all the time. That's true. Like, they literally say to me like, hey, you're being a total butthead right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's the thing you'll have to ask about your game when you play this is like, what is if you have Force users, what's the morality? What's what, what How do you interpret it? Because definitely in Session Zero, we need to talk about that if you're going to have Force users because that's going to deeply impact their experience about how, they, how they're going to do things. Now look, Darth Mopey Pants, you're being a real shit, so you need to think about what you've done. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're dressing someone down in order to try to like, make them do good mm-hmm. i can't see any issue with that they'll you know the light sort of the force uh, also also in, in some respects uh, because this is because luke does this in return of the jedi which is he walks through that and some some uh some like the not the gungan uh the the Gamorian. The, the morian comes up and goes hey he's like trying to stop him and they're just like fuckers don't mess with me and force chokes one dude it's like he's trying to get past them without doing much like serious harm to these guys is that light side or dark side? Nah. One would say that bending the minds of that bending people's minds is a inherently dark side thing to do, but Ben does it quite, quite reasonably. But he's right? very subtle I about mean, it. He was like, "These are not the droids you're looking for." That doesn't that that's that's still, not. Hey man, you're still stealing their free will. Yeah, oh, but those sure. guys are space Nazis. Yeah. yeah, you're stealing the free will of space Nazis. Remember, hey, I'm just done. I'll put it, dear listener. I do. I will do everything in my power to to make sure that the PCs never have to make a hard choice like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's always going to be space Nazis. I don't guys. Like- guys, don't think too hard about it. Don't don't worry about it. Don't worry. There's not going to be much moral complexity in who they have to f- have to kill. I promise. Oh yeah, because guys, dear listeners, we are the they are such good guys. It's it's kind of sickening. It's kind of fun. Some of you are. Oh yeah, I am. I totally am. You're a good guy. So is yeah. Linda. Linda's fairly good. Okay. <laughs> there she is. She's not a you know, a bouncy psychopath who just shot four people in the head and doesn't actually 
didn't show any sign of regret, didn't comment on it, didn't think about it. I mean, it. Leia shot a whole bunch of people and didn't give two shits. Yeah, but she's a character we've spent time with already. <laughs> something about her, does, isn't it? That she's yeah. a cold hard motherfucker. My guy, well, he worked for the government, so. You did what you had to do, man. He's a little fitty-fitty yeah. on a lot of things. And Bastion, which is Murphy, uh, will absolutely shoot a bitch. You know, trying to be a, trying to be a better trying to be a better boy. Yeah, yeah, he, he's trying to be a better boy, and I like that. I actually like that interaction a lot. Well, he's automatically um, a good boy. I mean, so yeah, one of the things pumper. that I know I keep bringing up mechanics because setting wise, it's Star Wars. Everyone, we we all kind of get a good idea you know the of what deal. Star, what the mm -hmm. deal is. Um, but mechanically, what's very interesting because I, because Ryan has played previous editions, I have played previous editions. In this one, if, even if you have a four, one force user in the party with non force users. Not that actually balance wise, not that bad. Not a problem. Yeah, it's, as long as they don't have like a lightsaber. As long as they, that's the that's the clincher, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I know. Like, oh, they have a lightsaber, huh? That's so, a problem. That's the, the one. Lightsabers thing are a goddamn problem. Like, and I get it. Well, mechanically, if you tell me what what like, I will say it is a perfect representation of what a lightsaber is mechanically. Yep. It is hard to balance around. Yep, because it ignores ten points of soak. Yeah, straight up, it has like, a a quality breach, which yep. is only ever found on ship weaponry, which means it ignores one level of hold point, which translates on a personal level to ten points of soak. And that's just not armor; that's soak. So that their natural soak, yeah, that goes through their natural soak. So and the uh, activating a critical is very easy with a lightsaber. It's like two or three. It's one of the lowest. So you create the situation where they're taking damage. If they hit you, you're taking damage. And the, the base damage is six. Oh, and the way damage is accrued is if you succeed on your attack, you add a base number plus your number of successes. So if you succeeded, you will always do the base number plus one. Mm -hmm. And then you can add, you add excess successes to that damage. So swinging a regular old-fashioned lightsaber around, the most basic, basic lightsaber, you will always do seven unstoppable damage with it if mm -hmm. you do better than that it gets way worse real fast yeah now, that being said murphy can in fact with her heavy blaster rifle lay down a 13 damage shot at the right range so meh, it's not it's so about bad. equal it's about equal plus it's actually have, not that bad if you have the starter lightsaber yeah if you just there's, but there's like a six and eight and a ten mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a ten base one uh depending on like what crystals and shit you've put in it like because yep. you know East Hollywood, I don't that's know. A, that's another thing. There's a lot of robust crafting mechanics in this system. Everything can be modified. Your lightsaber, your blaster. Your oh, yeah. Like every iteration of the game always has the most in-depth, like crafting, widgety, widgeting up your guns, widgeting up your lightsaber. It, they want you to like fidget with it. Well, that's the sci-fi aspect of it. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's the, the idea that you have mechanical tools that you can tinker with and and that's kind of it's that's actually star wars at its most sci-fi yes mm. when you have like future tech that lets you do cool shit right cybernetics like, uh when they start talking about like g cloning doing gene stuff that that that's a part of the best part of the the milieu of star wars um yeah and uh Cybernetics at a baseline actually aren't that expensive. Like replacement parts aren't super expensive. Like the hand that Luke um, got when he got his hand cut off and got a replacement. That's the bare bones. That's a grand. Yeah. It's a grand. 
know, yeah, but for like the super mega, problem. like all 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 the, the the really good ones, the ones that actually increase your abilities, those are very expensive. But so the crafting system also appreciate is just equipment in general. Besides being always modified, almost all equipment gives you a bonus mechanically. It isn't oh you just have this something. thing. No, you have like here's a boost die for this thing, or you have better armor or some other effect. So there's always an incentive to having items that feel like they actually affect the mechanics of your character, which is good. I I enjoyed that. That's fun for me because you gotta like collecting bibs and bobs. Yeah, it's it's you know collect boost die are in the grand scheme of things like boost and setback die are not a huge impact on the system because there's only a like. There's a 50% chance they won't do anything at all because three sides of them are always blank. So you can feel pretty safe, like using, giving out boost die and setbacks without like feeling like you're fucking someone up yeah. too much. It, we've done something in the system. And when you listen to us, uh, we do initiative and we say like 2.3, which is we got two successes. And the point three is how much advantage we got to sort of help granulate yeah. like our initiative trackers. In some respects, setback is like, setback dice are like, Oh, you have a difficulty of two. Well, this is a 2.2, which is you have two setback. It's allege you a finer tune how difficult or annoying the situation is. Also, it's it's a good way to reward good role play. Yes. Um, I've definitely used it here and there to have, have, you know reward good role play from you guys, um, whether you know it on the back end or not. Um, sometimes <laughs> I'm roll stuff with setbacks or stuff because you guys did a good job or stuff like that. Oh, did you have a cool idea? Like, you have a cool idea that that you're going to implement. Here's two. Here's two boost die because I like that idea. It's a good idea. Go ahead. <laughs> Just like you make me go, huh? <laughs> that's, yeah. If I ever respond to you, that's a very good question. Then you know. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very good system. Um, we've gone over a lot of the system. Uh, races are very easy. They're generally a modification of a plus one, so you have a three in a stat rather than a two and you have a go instead of a two you have a one that's typically and you get one or two special abilities yeah you have twos across the board like tweak one up and one down and then like mess with how your strain and your wounds are calculated a little maybe have one weird thing you do like an extra non-career skill that you're good at yep. and that's really any star wars race in any of the books yep mm-hmm. it's like and you can play almost oh, so a, goddamn like, <laughs> There's so goddamn many of them yeah. uh, that you know they they can't go hog wild on making them like super unique snowflakes. Yeah, there and there's a lot of like fan yeah. content. This game has been out for long, so a lot of people have done a lot of home brewing and fan content to sort of put it all together. So there's there's a lot yeah, out there. To the credit, the fan community has done an amazing job of making their own adventures too. There's a few guys out there who have taken up uh, making books that are in the exact same style. As you know, the actual books with all the layouts, the the dice, because you know sometimes they'll do a, instead of show it, making you do the math yourself, they'll just be like, "Here's when they roll this skill. Here are the dice they roll." You know, mm-hmm. they'll go as far as doing that, which you know, a fifty-page adventure with that much detail is like, oh man, someone either doesn't have much to do or is foregoing something they should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 very cool, and also, uh, as I said, there's nine million books. Besides the base books, there's a lot of what they call era. So if you want to play the doing go do through the Clone War, they have an entire book about being the Clone War. It's not like the base core book, but you take one of the base core books, like the Age of Rebellion, 
or the force and destiny and slap this other book on top of it so you can be a clone trooper that's like a race quote unquote a Reti- race that they retired have. clone retired clone trooper is actually a, a career, a career. yeah yeah so if you're like age of rebellion you're in the rebellion time with luke and them you but you're you really worried about what your character looks like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so no yeah <laughs> There's a lot of variety. I think we've gone over a lot of it. I mean, yeah, my final verdict on this is it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah, Overall. Scott, I know you've been kind of you've been kind of holding back here because this isn't your like the, no, the nuts really. and bolts of this aren't really your thing. But what what's your general over the thoughts on this system? Like, I mean, I, generally, I like it. I mean, I like I like how novel it is. I like that you know you you when you roll your dice, it's not just pure mechanics. Um, there's an element of sort of narrative interpretation in any given dice roll. Absolutely. Um, uh, like you're, you, it's, there's, it's more of a, cause, cause you can get as hard and nitty gritty as you like with what, what you spend on what, but you can also just kind of be loose with it. And I like that flexibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you can just shoot the guy. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. real easy. Yeah, like you're like Ryan's stock standard of threat and advantages, lose strain or gain strain. Like that's that's what we do. Mm. Like unless we were doing something very specific. And it's really up to the PCs if they want to make it more complicated than that. There's tons of tables out there for places. Um, they're going to run into a scenario very soon where the environment they're in has success and threat advantage and threat stuff attached to it that they can trigger or I can trigger based on just where they are. Uh, because it's a good way to use environmental hazards. Um, sometimes that's people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, one more thing I wanted to say is, um, in general, the combat flows very quickly and nicely because it is a lethal system. It, a couple rounds, you're done. It's very narrative. I, I find that it's very interesting to do. So it, it, if you're looking for a more grognarny like D&D types, this is probably not your bag. But if you learn something a little less grognarny and a little more open to interpretation, this is absolutely like very good. And, this is super theater of the mind. It and the beginner's games are actually really good. Like the beginner's games usually come with a set of dice, some character folios that are like pre-generated characters that like walk you through everything, have a bunch of tables in it to help you understand. And, you know, when you turn to a certain page, you level up and it's like, oh, I choose, you can choose this option or this option to spend your 10 experience points on at this point in the story mm-hmm. and explains to you how raising those things works. And I, I I I have actually turned to the beginners games numerous times for, you know, just a thing to happen. What dice do like what what's a little scenario, a piece to use? The the first honestly, and you know, pulling the thing back, the first couple of sessions of Star Wars is just the the um Force Awakens beginner game. Mm-hmm. And because they made that. And you know, I was like, okay, cool, that's the era we're running in anyway. So might as well just run it. Yeah, so obviously your your final verdict, Ryan, is that you you enjoy it as well. I I like it. I have my gripes with it, but I you know will make do because it's thus far the best rep. It is almost the best representation uh, of how Star Wars works. Yeah, uh, because it allows for a lot of weird stuff without getting to because you know I played a lot of three point five, uh, which was you know the D twenty system, and there's a lot there's only so much you can do without breaking that system to shred like to pieces it's they were do they were dealing in numbers that got too big too fast and it just didn't support being a well-rounded character if you say for example being a force user was its own set of because uh, going on back 
uh, the the 3.5 system required you to spend actual uh, actual pool of skill points into skills, and there was a lot of them. Like yep. people don't fucking remember anymore that there was 25 skills in in like the third edition of the system, oh, yeah. and you had to distribute individual points into them, individual ranks, and you know it was tough. And the force used those. Um, yep. They had a whole other skill set that they had yep, to put they had points about into. Ten other sk- separate skills uh, that you had to spend ranks into to activate your powers. You had to spend feats to activate your powers, and feats aren't always easy to come by. Um, and you had to spend vi- burn vitality, which is uh, basically your this version of strain. Yeah, vitality points, basically. In, in you, had to, you had to burn hit points. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because uh, three five Star Wars had uh, vitality and wounds. Your wounds being your uh, your actual con value. Yep, represents you taking actual physical damage, and your vitality, which is your HP, quote unquote, yeah. which represents your ability to get the fuck out of the way just in time with uh, get shot in the face. So you burn through that. But then, of course, the power creep happened, and they had like the Darth Vader absorbed a blaster bolt, and it's like, oh, good. Now they have dissipate energy as a feat where they can literally gain. You know, they don't lose vitality for for doing this, so they eat blaster bolts and gain vitality. And, <laughs> and not hard to get. It's like a second. It's like the third feat you can get. Like, oh, of course, they had to break it. It was wizards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wizards in the early aughts. Yeah, the, I agree with Ryan's sentiment. There, there's a lot of really cool, like, more balanced and more interesting, more interesting things for non-force users to do in the system, especially with all the talent trees that you can just go off and buy while you're busy buying force powers. I can go buy more talents and other special abilities off of these careers, which gives me a distinct, without like it just creating a lot of flavor without breaking any, really anything in the system. And unlike that, these days of old, not having ranks in a skill in this system doesn't yes it is not great to try to do something you don't have ranks in but there is a really good chance if your attribute is like a two and you're not doing something completely fucking ridiculous your problem you have a chance at succeeding you have a pretty okay chance at succeeding whereas if you were untrained in something in you know in the olden days and you're rolling a raw d20 it's like, oh, DC seventeen. Good fucking luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it 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 doesn't feels like, oh, you are mildly competent at everything. You can because you're you're just a person in this universe. You can go do a thing. Do you need to fly around very fast on a speeder bike? But you're not like good at that. Like you have no skill training in it. You can still do it. You may get lucky. Better lucky than good. Spend a destiny point. That's what they're there for. Yeah, so um, overall, we really enjoy it. Last little comment I want to make is uh, from the Star Wars system, got me looking into the the general Genesis system, which they made later after they developed this system. It's a generic uh, system. It's, it's a setting agnostic. It's pretty much just like this. It's actually really cool. Uh, they do their own thing with it, but they, they but if you wanted like a really interesting dynamic system that we've been talking about, the Genesis is basically this, just stripped of the setting of Star Wars and just repackaged a little bit, retooled to handle a wider variety of like settings. And, and you can easily get the books. The dice are not hard to come by. Like, no. and it's not that big of a deal to like buy one package of the the special dice and then use dice rollers. Yeah, because they're all mm-hmm. easily available. Yep, if you can Google it. <laughs> yep. Um. So may the force be with you. Sure.
And from everyone here at Polyhedron, uh, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice, even if they have weird symbols on them. Even if they have word symbols. Hello, everyone. Just wanted to let you all know, if you want to email us, you can at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get in contact with us via Twitter, you can contact us at polyhedroncast. And if you want to contact me, I am at bioimportance. If you want to get in contact with me directly, I'm at divismallcav. And I'm a hermit, so just email the show, please. Also, in addition, if you really like the show and you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash polyhedron, give us a buck a month, you get a lot more content, and it'll really help us out. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.